So hello everybody, my name is Patrick Gerskin, I'm a chef and a food lover. Welcome back to another episode of To Dare Is Human, your host Adam Connor here, coming at you. I have been away for a little bit, so apologize about not having an episode out last week, but we got a fresh one this week, and as you heard in the little teaser there, today I am interviewing Patrick Erskine, somebody who has made his dare into the arts. And you know, I've talked with a lot of folks who have made their dares into the arts. It could be within uh, YouTube, it could be within music, but this is the culinary arts. And I haven't had one of those yet, so I thought it'd be really interesting to bring somebody in who I had a connection through from a, a high school friend of mine to talk about what that means to leave a life behind. And by the way, To Dare is Human, if you are just tuning in for the first time, is a podcast all about leaving traditional life paths and going after life goals. And this is certainly not a traditional or conventional life path to go and drop everything to go to culinary school and to become a chef and to fly around the world and to tell a bunch of great stories about that as Patrick will. So I thought it was really interesting to uh, learn about his journey there. I think not only because it's a great dare to talk about, but just because it was so unfamiliar to me. So I really hope you enjoy this one. And uh, if you do end up liking what you hear, be sure to subscribe to this show and follow everywhere on social media. But I'll get to that towards the end, just as a teaser. It's at To Dare as Human. But I'm going to plug Patrick first after this interview. So without further ado, strap in. Here comes another great dare divulged this time by Chef Patrick Erskine. All right. Pat, how you doing? Good, good, Adam. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad that we got. Uh, I'm glad that we got connected by a by a childhood friend of yours who was actually in part a childhood friend, a childhood friend listeners of both of ours who who was doing a bit of moving yeah. around. His dad was involved in sports, and so yep, yep. they moved from town to town. But uh, that's how we were connected. And man, I got an interesting story for you all today. Actually, something that we have not really discussed on the show before, and that is getting into the world of eats and how people make it a life uh, passion as well as a profitable pursuit. So uh, let's just let's just dive right into this. And first of all, how are we going to, because I see your go by Pat Pat Entre is on here. I see patsentre.com. Yeah, yeah. what, I mean, what's yeah. the formal name just, that we should yeah. do? Just, 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 just Pat, Mr. Entre? No, well, Pat, Patrick Erskine is what I'm formally going by now. This is okay. all part oh, of the okay. learning process of uh, the new thing I'm part of, but Patrick Erskine, that's that's the... Uh, my friends all call me Patty Cake, but <laughs> I'm going to keep that as my friends. <laughs> Great. All right, all right, yeah, okay. Okay, all right, Mr. Erskine. So you, um, you have made... Uh, you have made quite the quite the sort of the beginnings of something great here, as as I can see it publicly and as anybody can, and we'll we'll plug everything that you're doing here in the episode. But I have to ask, um, what wh- what made you think that jumping into food full time was going to be something that was w- was going to work? Because I just I, since we've never had this conversation on the show, yeah. I never really even thought of it myself. Yeah. Uh, of course, I know people who work in the food industry, but to be like a high end chef, like, you know, I'm thinking about the Wolfgang Pucks and the Emeralds yeah. of the world. I don't really know that there's a middle ground. You obviously do know that there is one, but I uh, just educate me a little bit. How did you get there? Yeah. So uh, a big part of it is just I'm, I'm like hyper obsessed with food. Obviously, I I, uh, I pretty much can I can talk to people about food every single day and be happy. Um, there was a split between the professional world and the 
the kind of uh, like professional chef world and the like the food distribution over like media. And in in my experience, is that they're two completely separate worlds. They're they're almost not even. Uh, they there's kind of some overlapping, but in a lot of cases, there's not. Um, and I'm trying to, and a lot of people are as well, but trying to do it in a very modern way uh, using social media and uh, kind of make people as obsessed with food as much as I'm obsessed with. <laughs> well, I, I got it. And we'll talk about the social media part in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Although I do want to jump into how this turned into a career only because I'm obsessed with food, but I'm obsessed <laughs> with the consumption of food. You see, <laughs> yeah. you can go right onto your page and you can see that it is, I mean, it's like an art form here. Who did you look to, I guess, growing up to, to say like, I want to be like that person. Yeah. So I guess the, the first thing that turned me on to food was the fact that people like it. I mean, you can, you can pretty much become friends with anyone, uh, just because you're a chef, which is pretty nice. Um, and then what kind of started like uh, a passion is I really like, I, I would, I'm the young, I'm number five of seven kids, uh, five, uh, five older brothers, uh, or four older brothers, one younger sister, one younger brother. Uh, and so there's always, my little sister is much younger. So my, uh, my family always needed someone to help my mom in the kitchen. And, uh, my mom is, uh, she can cook for an army, but she can't, she can't, she's, she's no gourmet chef. So I'm, so if I ever wanted to cook anything, I had to teach myself and I would watch Elton Brown on my, or, uh, on the TV, obviously on, on food network. And, sure. uh, and I, I was like obsessed because there was a science element. I, I love science, love history, love kind of being a nerd. And uh, he had a science element of the Food Network on on a cooking channel. And I yeah, uh, and he was also very much an entertainer. I, I watched yeah. a, a decent amount of Out and Brown myself, and yeah, um, I, I I was drawn in. I think for slightly different reasons. Me being a performer by trade is just wow, uh-huh. this guy's really making this look entertaining. But yeah, of yeah. course there was a there was a high technical element to what he was doing too, and he wasn't afraid to explain that. Yeah, I loved him. He was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, and then, like, you'd watch, I mean, I was like, this guy, this dude's awesome, he's doing something totally different compared to, like, all the other channels on, uh, Food Network, and, uh, making it seem really, like, fun, interactive, almost like a Bill Nye, uh, uh, like, version of food, and I was like, that's awesome, and then I went to food, uh, I, I, at, when I was in sixth grade, I decided I want to be a chef, uh, and I just, like, dove into it, like, the, I mean, there's, there's nothing that I wouldn't consume, uh, I, I, I was try to learn as much as possible in every regard. And, uh, and yeah, I went through, went through high school. Um, sophomore year, I applied for culinary school junior year, got into the culinary Institute of America. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I guess the rest is history, but wow. So, and, and, and when you, you know, when you, uh, when, when you're family, you're like your family and you said, guys, I really want to, I really want to do uh, being a chef for a living. What, what kind of response did you get initially? Cause that it's certainly not a, it's certainly not a conventional path. I mean, uh, you know, most folks that graduated from kind of, they go to college, right? They do yeah. that and they just take a job. I mean, what, what how do they, it's, I would say, yeah, right on, but not everybody would. How is it, how is it taken? Yeah. So, uh, it's actually, like you need to stay home and cook for the youngest sister. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually, it was, it's a super weird dynamic. I guess my family, my dad's uh, a doctor. Uh, my whole family's very, very smart. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually dyslexic. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty severely dyslexic. And so my parents pretty much were like, oh, like <laughs> certain, certain aspects of the, uh, the, the, 
the, the school world isn't really working for you. So kind of put your uh, life in your own hands, which, which was probably the best thing for me. Um, and so, yeah, so they're initially like, Oh, is this the right role? Like, should you go? But in, in the reality, the, the college world definitely wasn't for me. Um, which is an interesting story of, of itself, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the the Culinary Institute of America, you go after high school, but it's not it's not like a. I mean, what how what is that like? I mean, you you are are you living yeah. in like a dorm type area? You're taking classes like a college. How's it how does it differ? Yeah, so it, it is actually one of the schools that is the most similar to college, with still being a culinary school. So you can actually get a bachelor's degree there, and what what you start you, you start in the associate's degree. You have either baking or pastry or culinary arts. I did the culinary arts side, uh, and it's the best way to describe it to people is it's straight like Hogwarts, uh, um, where like literally every single person there has the exact same obsession as you do. So someone like me, I just like I mean, someone like me, it's very uh, it's like perfect for, it. and it's very kind of militaristic in a way where it's kind of the old uh, chef style uh, kind of kitchen model uh, where it's like the brigade system. So the very very like very strict in ways where like if you missed uh, if you missed a class you lose ten percent of your grade. Each class is only three weeks long, and you had a uh, a strict uh, what is it outfit uh, it's co- out, outfit rule that you had to uh, abide by. But sure, 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 sure. Yeah, dress code. That's what I'm trying to think of. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so okay, so dress code, ability to get a degree, classes that you take, uh, you get a heavy yeah. cut off of if you miss. Um, the militaristic side, and that's just, you know, if, is it, how about outside of the, uh, missing a class and you lose a grade? I mean, to what extent were oh, the yeah. folks strict from the beginning about like the, the tactics that you use to actually do something, how things looked? I mean, you look right on your website and you've got pages of you like doing dishes like the same way, like 500 times over. Yeah. I mean, was it like that? Was it like that? Or I mean, yeah. how were the, how were the instructors that you had? Oh, they're strict. <laughs> really? Oh, they're very okay. old school. So it's very bizarre. There's the, the food world is changing just as fast as the media world because it's pretty much like it's in the same like 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 uh, path where everyone talks about food, everyone eats food, so everyone's talking about food, and it's changing like constantly. Where all culinary schools, I would say, are about two years behind what uh, the world is doing. So when I was there, it was really like outside of school, uh, we would start clubs, clubs and I was part of a club with uh, uh, one called the Gourmet Society and uh, me and, or I was part of it was four guys it was a guy named uh, or one of the guys who ended up becoming famous from this club and Kwame he was on Top Chef he's got a restaurant in DC now um, but we would make like the crazy stuff uh, and oh yeah so the things that were popular while I was there was molecular gastronomy David Chang uh, kind of a farm to table movement where now uh, the shift is going towards a lot of social media and uh, uh, kind of away from actual uh, cooking uh, or being in a kitchen, a restaurant. So it's weird. The, the, the whole world's changed so fast. And the shift being away from working in a, in a kitchen and doing this to, when, obviously in the world of social media, like you're, you're, you're almost like you're at home. I mean, what, what is yeah. that? What is that? Okay. Cause yeah. it's a more approachable way to find the end consumer and, and relate the world of. Exactly. Of, okay. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. But you took a stint in the middle to actually go and do that restaurant work. Yeah. Yeah. So they have an externship while you're in school. Uh, it was like a 
like a month, two months long ex externship. No, no, six week ex externship, which is just an internship. And uh, I went to Pelican Hill uh, in Irvine, and then went back to school. And then I was going to go for a bachelor's degree at uh, culinary school, but I I, I was kind of weighing the options, and I was like, nah, it doesn't seem doesn't seem like uh, it makes sense to become or take a class to become a manager. And so instead, I moved to France and went to a, a, re a restaurant or a hotel called the Hotel du Palais and worked there uh, uh, for for six months. And then, uh, yeah, and then came back to uh, became a chef in La Jolla. So, um, going having that experience at a you know very high end place in a, in a foreign environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand that. I mean, I think I can understand. I think most people can that like you know the culinary arts and, and food is a universal language. Yeah. But to what extent, when you went to this brand new place, even given your vast skills and you knew what you were going to do, uh, what were the sort of talk, talk to me about that a little bit? Was it a culture shock? What how, you know, what happened when? And I will ask about those typical restaurant situations where <laughs> somebody starts to complain and all that. Like, how do how do you take that? But because uh, you know, I assume there's an, an element of pride in what you're doing. And um, but I'm curious, how, that move to France. Yeah. Was the, to what extent did you develop quickly there? You know. Uh, acclimate yourself quickly what was that like yeah it was crazy like uh it was like learning about the beast and then being thrown to the belly of the beast <laughs> it was it was a michelin star restaurant they were striving to get two michelin stars uh and it was like uh those hell kitchen episodes it was like instead of one gordon ramsay you had like four like it was it really was uh very <laughs> very high stress environment and uh, it didn't work because I wasn't very – I mean, it, it wasn't helping me because I wasn't very good at French. I just learned just enough. <laughs> I, I found – I was confirmed I was going three weeks before uh, I went. And so I was like, okay, well, uh, I bought the ticket, so I got to go. <laughs> so sure. I went. Right. And it was it was gnarly. Like uh, they wouldn't ever say this out loud, but they definitely like would, would, would pass you, kind of mentally abuse people. <laughs> In those just, areas. To, yeah. just, I mean, I guess the stress gets to you, but that's funny that you mentioned how, um, I guess behind, behind, uh, the closed doors of the kitchen work. I mean, it really oh, yeah. is people like running around and yelling and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would imagine, but even, <laughs> yeah. even at those high, even at those high end places, cause oh, yeah. you know, okay. I have, wow. the, I have friends who worked at the French laundry I have a buddy who's, uh, I think still at, uh, what is that? Alinea in Chicago. I mean, they're all the same. <laughs> they're all, they're all, uh, type a kind of high stress uh, environments but they're fun <laughs> they're awesome well, I, I enjoy it yeah i would assume yeah. what was the most common thing that you'd get uh, that you'd get yelled at for in the kitchen like what because i'm sure for most other people it would be like the littlest thing but like what what was your downfall what was your it's like you know oh i couldn't i never conquered geometry or like yeah. whatever like what was that for you in the in the in it the was kitchen? you have to to survive in like big time kitchens there's definitely like you have to constantly be moving and you have to gain that skill of just pushing forward where even if like uh even if like the restaurants are going down like you have ticket lines that are like an hour and a half you just have to keep pushing forward i've had i've had horror stories like ridiculous stories that every every time to get out of them you just kind of like put your head down and keep working and work hard and go faster and faster and faster and try to motivate people around you take control of the situation and, uh, what does what does a horror story look like in the world? In the, yeah. in the world? So my my I guess my gnarly story is I after France I came back to America uh, I, I live in California and I, I applied for a job at an Eddie D's uh, 
in La Jolla where uh, I just, I kind of walked in just like in the back door, asked for a job. It's kind of like the cliche way to ask for jobs, but it worked. And I said, I want to be a sous chef, which is, which is just under a chef. They're really, they're, they're really the guys who run everything. They do all the ordering, all the measurements, every single night to count everything. And you work, you work easily 90 to hundred hours a week. Um, where I worked my way in a short period of time to become a sous chef of this restaurant. And they have a sister restaurant in downtown uh, San Diego. And so the chef there didn't have a sous chef. So it's just one person uh, running this whole show, which is completely exa- like, it's crazy. It's very exhausting. And so they asked me to go down there one day. And, uh, <laughs> and so I go there and I, I, I've been cooking for, I guess like nine years, uh, at that point. And again, I'm only like, I'm only like 22 at this time. And, uh, and so I'm in a brand new restaurant telling these people I have to earn their trust, uh, make them confident in me. And so I'm showing off with my knife skills just cause I, just cause that's what you do. And, uh, so I'm <laughs> chopping every, I'm talking to these guys and like yelling orders and I'm not even looking at what I'm cutting and I'm just going at, going at my work before service starts and so I guess some of these guys uh, wanted to try that too. And one of the guys ended up uh, chopping the t- tips of his fingers off. Oh my <laughs> I'm, God. Like, I'm like, no, like this is terrible. <laughs> so, and uh, we had like a 400 cover. So we had 400 people coming into that restaurant within like 20 minutes of this guy doing this uh, to his fingers. <laughs> and, so, and he runs back into the corner and he's got a towel around his hand. I'm like, dude, like what's going on? What's going on? He goes, like my finger, my finger. Like, and so, uh, <laughs> I asked him like, Hey, like, let, let me look, like, let me, let me look at your fingers. Like, okay, you, you gotta go to the hospital. Like I can't, I can't, you can't be here. And so we, we obviously we cleaned his whole station and we had to just put, we had to take one person from one station and put him to another station, which is like a fish station, fish station where we had two people and then, uh, took, uh, where we did have two people on the grill station, grill station. We had to put him there. And so we had one man down. I'm brand new to this kitchen. And we're going into service 15 minutes or 20 minutes. We sent him to the hospital. And then, uh, uh, we had like the, the, the peak of the night was around eight 30 and, uh, and then the fire alarms went off. <laughs> so I'm like, like this, this isn't stopping. Like, this is crazy. And, uh, uh, what is it? Um, so you, you basically, everyone's freaking out and no one knows what to do. And, and so you just like, you have to like, just, be really loud, very assertive. And you take control. Of, I took control of the situation. I'm like, okay, everyone pull the food out. We need to find out how many people left the restaurant. Cause in something like that, people just start leaving. So you have people not paying their checks. You have a bunch of food that's going to go thrown, be thrown away. And so we, we hot held all the food, uh, uh, just to keep it warm. And then we had, I sent servers out and the, the GM was not happy at this point, I'm but sure. I sent servers out, uh, counted how many people were still in their seats as soon as we got the fire alarm off. And the fire wasn't actually in our building. It was a building next door, uh, which is not which is equal as bad, but uh, they got it put out. And so our building was completely unaffected. Just our, our, our system was connected. So finished the night, crazy. Uh, I went to bed really early that night. <laughs> First yet, that's, yeah, like, that's like 1230 at night, but that's still, that's still pretty early. <laughs> So. And that's just one. And that's just one day in the life. Guys. Yeah, no, uh, I got, I got just... multiples of that. <laughs> Jeez, but it's fun. I mean, yeah, right. exciting. So, what about the clientele? I mean, some of the folks. I mean, you, you ever you ever look out and be like, "Holy crap, that's X Y Z sitting there." 
Yeah. No, yeah. I had, I had Kardashians uh, in the dining room. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh wait, hey, let's, okay. Let's like, hold on that first. I mean, what? Well, so what was that? Was it just as which is was it as little as? Oh yeah, okay, that's them. All right, let's let's just yeah. keep doing what we're doing. Or okay. it, it's just like another. I mean, it's weird because you know you. I'm in back of house, so I never I never get out on the dining floor, and so I'm not like talking to these people, pestering them. But uh, you just you get tickets, and then the server runs and goes, "Oh, that's uh, whatever." Not, I guess Chloe Kardashian, like this younger Kardashian, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool. Like let's let's make our food just as good as we make everyone else's food." <laughs> it's not different. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So, so, so you don't take the role that you see in like the movie where the chef comes out like partway through the meal and it's like, oh, I want to, you know, how are you enjoying everything and all that? You ever done that? Yeah, you do that, and that that gets old real quickly because then you you get other people see that, and then they, uh, <laughs> I've had people just uh, pretend that they know me just to get free food, and uh, ah, really? Yeah, it's 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 real it's real funny to see their face when you go out there, and they're like, no, no, that's. That's, it's the other Patrick. You have another Patrick working here, right? And I'm like, no, like, it's no, me. Like, but it's fun. We actually had a bad, I mean, that was pretty bad uh, with the cardiac. It was when I first got um, to our restaurant and someone called the paparazzi and then uh, the paparazzi came in and then we got in trouble for uh, ruining the, their lunch. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's weird. Com- it's a, it's comes, a weird world. comes with the territory. Yeah. yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so... You have all this experience. You go to the, you go to school. You go to Paris. You're the sous chef. People cutting off their fingers left and right. And the Kardashians <laughs> leave upset. After all of this, you decide. All right. Well, you know that the uh, the face of, of the culinary arts is shifting, and mm-hmm. uh, now social media is becoming important. And you have are, now at the point when you decided that that was what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Were you still sous chefing? Are you still, you're not still sous chefing that place. No. Right? So now right. after the sous chef, I was there for a year. Uh, some people approached me, uh, uh, blue, uh, blue bridge hospitality group in Coronado. Um, they were opening Liberty station public market, which has a ton of different little shops. And, uh, I was part of the opening team for them. And then I worked within their company and then uh, kind of moving around to the different restaurants. And then I decided I want to, because uh, I mean, the restaurant world's real brutal, obviously. Um, it takes a special person to like sustain it very sustainably. And uh, I obviously, I'm, I'm a very family driven guy. Uh, I, I, I grew up with, I mean, obviously, all my, my family. So I love, I love keeping that aspect in my life uh, uh, very much so a part of my life. And I, I'm I'm still pretty young. Um, I just turned 25, and so I figured if I'm going to uh, uh, work this hard while I'm this young, I might as well take some risks and start something that I've never done before, and that I can keep learning. Because um, a lot of times in the chef world, a lot of it comes routine. You you get to develop new recipes and, and that stuff, but like that's only like five percent of your job. A lot of it's just management and like accounting and making sure your restaurant's profitable. But uh, I want to keep learning. And so, uh, I, uh, yeah, started teaching myself new skills, bought a camera, uh, and just became obsessed. <laughs> so you, uh, you started that. Okay. So let me get this timeline, right? You had that and you decided to keep learning. Now, had you broke, did you break off completely from that opening team? Oh uh, yeah. Got well, it. no, actually that's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, 
I'm still very much so friends, friendly with the company and stuff. Oh, no, no. I don't mean that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Person, I, I bid you adieu and I'll never see you again. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. I mean, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, but in terms of a professional link, when you decided, all right, it's time, it's, let's go, let's do the social yeah. media. I mean, it was, it was full in 100%. Yeah. In the beginning, well, the beginning, I was still working in, with the restaurants and I wanted to share recipes that I learned and like techniques with people that I knew. And then I randomly got like a, uh, one of my videos like exploded. I was like, Oh no, like I got to, uh, pay a little more attention to this. And I got, I, I don't know. It's not, I think it's like half a million views or something like that on, on YouTube. And I was like, Oh man. And it was, it was, uh, I, I showed people how to make protein powder from, from milk. Basically we, you, you remove the way you make ricotta, you dehydrate the way and you turn it into a protein. And it was a pretty, pretty low quality video. And I was like, Oh man, this is, this could actually turn into something, but I'm pretty bad at making these videos. And so I, uh, I kind of purposely, uh, <laughs> sat like I not sabotage, but I didn't want to be doing the same thing without becoming better at it. Where a lot of times when, again, these, these media things, you have to be consistent. And I knew that's probably the most important thing. You have to keep doing the same thing, uh, that you've been doing to gain success in a lot of ways. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't a gym rat. I'm not like a protein guy. So I was like, Oh man, like this is not, this is not the route I want to go in. And so I started paying more attention and trying to, uh, learn basically as much as possible with, uh, being more cinematic and kind of editing and lighting and making food actually look good on camera instead of just, uh, being very, uh, I don't know, kind of a rinky dinky film. Sure. Sure. And, and, and I think that that probably helps because at the end of the day, people who are consuming content like that, yeah. regardless of the, well, content, uh, want it to look, I mean, people just want it to look pretty. They just want to be, it wants to be visually appealing. Yeah. And even for somebody of your stature, you're going to have all that experience and all those great, uh, yeah. all those great, uh, those great sort of resume line items and all that. At the end of the day, if you don't make it pretty, you know, that they're yeah. just, Sometimes they're not going to consume it. Now, let me ask you this. When you were in the midst of making those first couple of videos and putting them out, did you have a goal in mind of like how long you were going to give yourself to get to that point of, okay, I can sustain myself via this before going back to that, that world of that brutal world of, of being in the restaurant? Uh, it was just like a side hobby. So I really was just going to, I just started it to see what, I could do. So I never had a specific goal, but I wanted, like I knew I like to entertain people. I knew I like to, uh, talk about food and I thought it'd be awesome just to kind of have something that's mine. That's not connected to anyone else, uh, where I have full control over it. And, uh, I don't know, kind of control a narrative. Got it. Okay. Um, but soon enough, I mean, especially after I'm sure those blew up, you thought, Hey, there's a, there's a path here. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. The, the, the crazy, I mean, the craziest thing that came of it and, uh, uh, was when some, I do a lot of private chef gigs, especially now where I get flown out to places, uh, and people contact me, uh, to kind of cook for them. And I kind of incorporate the YouTube channel with that, uh, a couple of times, um, where I was making these videos and these people from China contacted me and, uh, they said, Oh, we want you to cook up in LA. And I was, I was like, uh, I don't know if you're real people or not. Like, this is kind of a weird uh, email. And sure. uh, it turned out they were real people. And uh, 
after I took him to like Whole Foods, I, I uh, showed him a menu. I made up. I took him to Whole Foods, made up a menu on the spot, made him like a five course dinner, and then they told me randomly or at the end of the meal, like, "Hey, we also have a giant building. We need a chef and want you to design the whole thing." I'm like, "What? Like, <laughs> let me get back to you." <laughs> and uh, wow. but like putting myself out there has definitely opened like opportunities that I would have never, like, never imagined. Like just today, I got some emails of stuff that I'm like, "That's like I would have never thought of that." And it, yeah. I don't know. There's something about that's, that. So, so, but I, let me ask about that for a second because, and and do you think, I mean, is it the source of those emails just because people know you from the areas that you've cooked in or is it from that social media stuff that you're doing? It really is the social media because with, with restaurants, you're under the chef or you're under the brand of the chef. So if, the, if you're under a brand that's going to get out there and be part of the community, then, then you have you you do have access to that stuff, but a lot of the times you don't because they they, they only uh, serve a certain clientele. So it's yeah. So they're, they're, yeah. So I guess the fact that I started this myself is was uh, the right decision. Got it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think that's I think that's encouraging for and the reason the reason I say it is because I mean I, I've. Looking back at the at the log of um, sort of the the timeline of when that went up, I mean that one that one video that blew up was was I mean in the yeah. grand scheme of things relatively recent. I mean that yeah. was that was in just in the last year basically. Yeah. It was yeah it, yeah for sure. And and so I think that's I think that's really interesting because there are so many folks out there who have and the reason that also kind of the reason why I loaded the question on the timeline is just because I know with people who want to all the folks that I've talked to on this show who have this idea where they are passionate about XYZ but they want to do it in 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 some new or unique or different way yeah which I think follows in line with this story they make timelines for themselves and they say okay if I'm not really seeing like something great in you know a lot of a lot of times it's a year sometimes mm-hmm. it's two years but Nowadays, even in the in the world of, I, let's just stick with YouTube personally, like like because because per, personally, I've been interested in this, and also that is like the new, they're calling it the new Hollywood. You know, it's what people are trying to get really into is. more and more, and where you where you can not only personally build a brand via subscribers and views and followers and all that, but also uh, it's become a great way to like market yourself out for other things, which you have just you know, you're saying yeah. you get emails what probably every day about every day. that kind of thing every right? day. It's weird. <laughs> well, it's it's but it's it's encouraging because it's yeah. happened it seems to have happened so quickly. Yes. And although I'm sure you would love it, it's like, you know, it's not I mean, I imagine that kind of thing happening to people with like ten million subscribers. Yeah. And when I think of oh, getting opportunities every day to have these sorts of like side opportunities, like that's for me, I'm just thinking, wow, I'd have to do things for a long time, build up a following yeah. of like a million people or something like that before I'd even somebody would even think of doing that. Yeah, not the case. No, not I only have seven thousand subscribers, <laughs> and I've almost had a restaurant, my own restaurant. <laughs> it's that, uh, it's weird. Wow. From that. Well, no, I mean, it must be, and 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 listeners, if you are um, interested in this, you know, the, a pool of. 7,000 subscribers. I mean, this, even something like that. I mean, if that's not evidence that you can also do something that you want to do and make a life out of it, yep. just look, look at this story here. 
I mean, granted, a lot of preparation went into this. We talk about this too, is that we, um, in terms of making a, no what we would call on the show, making a successful dare, there are a number of things. And I've sometimes segmented it into the three P's of you need to have a passion for something. You need to have a plan around it. You need to be persistent through it. And obviously the passion is here. I can see that clearly, but there was a lot. I think the other people, the thing that people don't see is that if you were Joe Schmo walking off the street and decided I'm going to do a cooking YouTube channel, and even if you got 7,000 subscribers that way, mm-hmm. you likely wouldn't open yourself up to the opportunity. I mean, bear in mind, like, guys, if you want to have a career like this, you do have to put in that hard time of oh, yeah. getting yelled at in France and potentially yeah. cutting your digits off. You know, all of these things, <laughs> all of these things, it, it comes with the territory, but it, you could see, like, you know, now it's just been one year. Yeah. And this is what and this is what Patrick's been able to do. So, um let's 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 have a couple of que- uh, answers from the expert for the for the for the dumb math in the kitchen. Um what is let's see if I am uh if I need to make something oh the, I'm the dumbass by the way. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's make sure we know that. Um if I am if I want to impress if I want to impress the lady friend but I don't have too many skills. What's like one of the what's one of the easier things you consider that you can do that looks much harder to do than it is. Make handmade pasta. If you if you put a bowl of handmade pasta and you told a girl or a guy that you made hand pot, handmade pasta, yeah, some, somebody you're interested in, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's only it's only three ingredients, four ingredients, and the texture is crazy different. Even if you just put a can of tomato sauce on top, it looks so impressive. Uh, just to do that, um, one that's super simple as a dessert. If you do like an exotic bread pudding, you literally just Make like a, a sweet sweetened cream with some eggs, and you pour that over some bread. But then you you throw like lavender on top of it, or white chocolate, or strawberries, something like that. Um, and it looks awesome. And put in a little its own individual dish. It's like the most basic basic stuff, but it's it impresses people. Hmm. Right, I hope you're taking notes, folks. I'm going to ask a couple more questions here, just as they oh, come off going. the top of the old dough. I go all day. <laughs> um, what's, uh, let's start with uh, what's your favorite dish to cook? Ooh, that. Changes all the time. Um, what am I doing right now? How about, I, yeah, how about right now? Let's go right now. I, I made a dish yesterday. I took a bunch of um, different citrus. It's a bunch of blood oranges, a bunch of tangerines. And I made a uh, uh, it was an orange upside down cake. That's, uh, yeah, it's pretty simple, but it's, it's <laughs> it was actually really good. Um, an orange upside down? I've never heard of it. Yeah. Okay, you hear a pineapple upside down cake all the time. Yeah. Is it yeah. the same thing? It's just you do it with... Same deal. Orange? Same deal, a little different obviously a little different flavor. It's more bitter because you have uh, like blood oranges and you add some like the, I use the blood orange zest uh, and it just, it looks awesome. I'm beginning. I, I really think the new, uh, like where people are going to get inspiration from recipes is going to be like on the internet, like Instagram. I don't think people are going to be going to as many restaurants to get inspiration. I definitely think Instagram and this kind of this, uh, this technology is pushing food, uh, into more corners than ever before, which is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and so, do 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 you end up leveraging that a lot as well? Like you, you just put you dish a day or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, on my Instagram, uh, you can you can tell that I don't really stop cooking. I cook pretty much every day. <laughs> <laughs> always always testing out ideas and seeing what people think about them. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's do a little bit of. Uh, first of all, let's plug the Instagram real quick. Where can they find you on Instagram? Patch Gerskin. All right, Patrick Gershon, go over there and see some of the delicious stuff he's doing on day to day. And if you want to see it uh, on YouTube live, you can see it on YouTube live um, or he'll do it live and then record it and you can watch it later. Yeah. So, uh, how about what's um, hmm, 
What about what's something? Do you have a go to that's like a staple? It's like, oh, you get home, you're tired, you just you when you want to whip something that's good, but it doesn't take that long. How about that? Like something that fits in that category. Let me think. Um, and if it's sick. not, and you prefer to like take time to cook things up, I mean, I get that too. It's just like it's I, I think about of, it, and I'm like, uh, if I think more than seven seconds, I'm making a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I mean, that's so just, my yeah, my my kind of theory or my kind of a mantra with food is that I'm going to cook something good. It's going to be like the best I could pretty much do. And my normal meals are going to be very, very basic just because I like the contrast of eating very normal food and like extremely crazy food. So like I'll spend like two days making like ramen from Momofuku or like, uh, make like a Pation crew, which, uh, uh, which would take, which takes a long time. But on my day to day eating, a lot of it's very, uh, kind of stuff I grew up with. So a lot of Mexican food, <laughs> which it. is awesome. But I mean, I, I cook, I cook, I mean, almost every genre. I, I do a lot of French, a lot of Italian. I love uh, Korean food. Uh, I didn't realize how much I like Chinese food until I went there. Oh, I didn't tell you that. I went to China for a month uh, to, to look into that. Um, oh, hang on. So you can just drop that on me like <laughs> yeah. that? What happened with that? Okay. Was it, and this was not a result of the LA cooking? This was a no, result it was. of something? it was. Oh, oh, so you actually went and did that? Yeah, I went to China for a month. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, just add on that's top. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Oh yeah. yeah. By the way, me and Tom did actually do it too. Oh really? Did he really? Yeah, folks. Tom's the uh, the, the the common link here. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, there's videos on that. So on yeah, the yeah. <laughs> Can you go back to the, a word that I, you said that I didn't know what it was? You you were just right at the top of that explanation. There, you said, um, "Gosh, you said you'd make one thing which is." was very basic and then you make another i wish i could go back in the recording the Town crew? So yeah. what, is yeah. that? what the heck is that so that's like the most old school french thing you can i can think of where it's a pate is at least in america you only see liver pates and they're really gross in a lot in a lot of cases because they're made from chickens and they're, they're like disgusting um okay. where if you make it it's basically a really really fancy sausage um but you put it in like a like a like a bread dish and you you use really expensive uh, uh, a lot of times uh, like meats kind of uh, awful like foie gras uh, venison and you make this like super super uh, delicious kind of heavy uh, meat uh, mixture you finally blend and then you you wrap it in a it's called a uh, a blitz uh, laminated dough so like a croissant dough but instead of uh, layers it's more flaky. And then you make these crazy designs on top and it just looks awesome. But it's, it's like really old, really old style food. And, uh, if you, if a chef tells you they know how to make Pation Cru, you know, they're like, like really old school. <laughs> it's like only chefs, only chefs really respect it. <laughs> yeah. Americans would never eat that stuff, but it, it, it's secretly like my favorite food. Mm. Okay. All right. So I've got a couple of, uh, okay. I got a couple of things from the, uh, from the old recipe book, the quick and easy version. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Cause I, th- I'm sort of morbidly curious about this. Uh, you have all of these excellent dishes, these like sort of like some of them could be like heavy dishes, succulent dishes. You're eating all this different kind of food. I mean, how are you not like 600 pounds? I don't get it. Dude. Oh, I work too much. <laughs> I, <Okay. laughs> uh, I, I'm always moving. I don't know. I'm like always moving. And there's times where I'm fatter. There's times where I'm skinnier, but I, I, I think, my mantra, it's probably not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm pretty healthy. I, I really shouldn't say I'm not healthy, but, um, 
Yeah. Well, like, I, you look at all the stuff you. I mean, it doesn't look like you're cooking anything crazy. I get yeah. it's out of super unhealthy stuff, but like, I mean, come on, you got to have some of those decadent. There was decadent days. Oh, where yeah. you're like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? Some whatever dessert that I'm yeah. sure is beyond my level, but like, is you're, also super. Yeah. Like, you Your know. eating habits become really weird when you're a chef. Like <laughs> when you're there every single day, the things you find like the best are very bizarre. Like I, I love my favorite thing is reduced stock called gloss <laughs> just because it's like the most umami in like this this like like liquid form and it just it's really really good and you don't find it you can't buy it you can't find it you can only find it in restaurants and it's like the thing kind of missed the most but then like i can also eat a whole jar like a whole jar of olives more like. <laughs> i like things that are like either really really high quality and I get, i'll just eat that one thing and then my stomach will be upset but i don't know i don't really eat for uh <laughs> i eat to i eat for happiness but sure. Wow. Well, th- this has been incredibly enlightening. I feel like I've learned a little bit. I don't think I've learned nice. how to get better at cooking, but I have learned a lot of things <laughs> that I can't cook. Um, what uh, if, okay, how about one, one other, one other question, then we'll, we'll jump into some advice and some, and some shameless self-plugging. If I, uh, who, who I'm not going to go to the Culinary Institute of America, uh, am interested in just learning a little bit more about how to get a little bit better do you have tips for folks who is there like a resource that's a really easy go to that you've been aware of or and 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 if the answer is just go to my YouTube channel I mean we could be yeah. just go to your YouTube channel. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what about somebody who's just like, let's just say that Joe from off the street who just wants to learn how to cook just a little bit better? Where would you? Yeah. I mean, where would you send that person? For YouTube, for sure. I mean, I I use YouTube as my dictionary, so I I mean I use that for pretty much every single thing uh, wow. that I learn. Do you think it's like it's like better than I mean? Do you even crack a cookbook these days? Ah. Uh, or do you just I like do. know the language now that you just like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Oh, it's a little bit of both. I think a lot of cookbooks suck. A lot of cookbooks are just visual, which there's no, I love looking at cookbooks. I, I buy cookbooks just because they look cool a lot of times. Um, definitely what people don't think about is get culinary school cookbooks. If you want to learn how to cook, those are, those are pretty good resources. There's a lot of uh, excess information. Um, if you, that's, if you want to like invest some money into a book, they, they run, they run like 60 bucks, 80 bucks, uh, sometimes, but uh, YouTube, YouTube is like, is like a, just such a plethora of knowledge that I, I mean, I use that for everything. Hmm. Well, uh, folks, that's all free. I mean, that doesn't cost yeah. 80 bucks, but no. if you want to get more in depth about it and, uh, and avoid getting yelled at by the militaristic teachers, sure. Yeah. Go and get your culinary school cookbook and you might, you, you might pass. Yeah. Um, all right. All right, so I've uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation, but I do have a uh, one uh, sort of final question. It's actually one of two, and I ask everybody on the show and listeners if you're familiar, you know what these are. But uh, the first one's around advice. Um, let's say that uh, there is somebody out there, and you know maybe maybe it's a passion for cooking, maybe it's a passion for something else, and they believe that they could turn it into uh, a, a life's uh, a life's mission and something that can sustain them. But they are also maybe they didn't realize this when they were. What did you say, sixth grade or something that you were really yeah. you knew you were going to do this? Okay. Well, say that they don't realize it and they're in sixth grade. Maybe they're a little bit older. They're they're a little more worldly, perhaps. They're aware mm-hmm. of you know well, what does that actually mean? I you know the high there's a high barrier to entry and a low odds of success. I mean, what would you tell a person like given your experience and you've flown all over the world and it seems like a lot of times you've just been able to say yes to a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, having experience with that, what would you say to a person who is struggling with making that initial what we would call dare into what they want to do yeah a lot a lot of people most people i know in the cooking world started late it's generally their second career and they're honestly uh much more mature and a lot better for that uh, which is surprising 
Um, just because it's not because it, the restaurant world's enticing because it's very exciting. But the 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 reality, if you want to be successful in it, you you do have to constantly improve your knowledge. And so people who started on that later definitely, I think, have a better uh, mentality going into it. Um, if to learn it, what I what I do a lot of times when I'm researching recipes or making stuff, I don't cook it for other people just because I don't want the pressure of uh, messing it up and having other people look at it until I know it's perfect. So I would say to someone, say like, hey, don't uh, like make something for yourself that's awesome and uh, refine it. Like make the same recipe three times and then give it to people and like so you know it's perfect. Do a little planning. Oh, a little bit of planning. Oh, that, yeah. I like that. I'm into that. Yeah. Um, okay, great. And, and I think that that's important for, for a lot of folks. And it's also actually something I didn't even realize. It's more, it's mostly a, sec, a second career for a lot of folks. They start. Yeah. Late. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because they get into like, people. Yeah, they get into a career they just don't love. And food is so, like, everyone loves food. Like, no, I've never met a person who doesn't love food. So, uh, right. it's good. Sure. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, and um, you know, with the, all the stories, well, most of the stories that I document here, and the, I think the sort of ideal listener of the show is somebody who is considering that maybe it's a second career, maybe it's a just a second idea behind behind that first. Oh, I must do this traditional thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that oh, yeah. is a that is a good bit of advice and, and a bit of insight that I wouldn't have considered otherwise. Yeah. Um, well, all right. We have heard all about your life story, the things that you've done, the things that you've cooked. And now, if people want to take it a step further and actually see it, where can they interact with you? How can they find you? Let's do some shameless self-plugging. Oh, where yes. should they go? Yeah. So, if you want to if you want to watch food videos, make a ton of them all the time. Uh, YouTube, just Patrick Erskine, uh, pronounced Erskine, but spelt with a... Not, not correctly. E R S K I N E, folks. That's, that's right. What you that's gotta right. Do. And then uh, Instagram is the best way to contact me, just because I'm on it all the time. Uh, we're trying to spread the love. Patrick Erskine, E R S K I N E. Check yeah. it out. It's the. Uh, you got some. Oh man, you know what I'm looking at right now? I'm looking at this blood orange cake. Yeah. Oh, this is excellent. Look at this, <laughs> folks. You got to go follow this page right now. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I like. I don't think I could do this. It'd take me a long time, but wow, look at this. Holy <laughs> good God. All right, folks, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go salivate over this for a while. Um, Patrick, it was great to have you on the oh, show. Yeah, You're man. really interested. I'm glad to finally have somebody who's getting into the, into the culinary world on this show. Um, oh, yeah. it's a, what, what a, what a delight. And, um, thanks so much and, uh, best of luck to you in all your social media and cooking ventures. Oh yeah. No, thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Patrick Erskine on YouTube and Instagram by that handle at Patrick Erskine. Check him out. He's got some really great content. I mean, just it's mouthwatering stuff, at least on the Instagram. That's what I was referring to there uh, towards the end. But also on YouTube, he uploads regularly. And whether you are a master chef or somebody who's just learning your way around the kitchen, this is somebody from whom you can certainly learn a lot. He makes it easy to pick up and uh, I definitely encourage you to follow and listen in. Patrick, thanks so much for being on the show. To learn more about this show and to submit a dare of your own, head on over to todareishuman.com to check out all of my content in one place. And you can also follow me across social media at todareishuman. That'll be Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you really did like what you heard today, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this show wherever you listen to follow on those social media pages. And if you're really inclined, leave a rating and review where you listen. That sort of social proof is really nice to see. 
I'll be back again next week with another great Dare to Divulge. And for now, I've been your host, Adam Connor. I hope you have a great rest of the week. Keep on daring, and I'll check you next time. See ya.